You're listening to the Menopause Movement Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Gordon. If you haven't taken advantage of the Menopause Movement beta course yet, sign up at menopausemovement.com forward slash hormones. We offer this $500 beta course at no charge to you in exchange for feedback and testimonials. Now, we normally require a lengthy application to join the course, but because you're a podcast listener, you can skip the application, go straight to the front of the line and get started on the material. Now, if you've always wanted to understand your hormones and manage your menopause naturally, this program is definitely for you. We just simply ask for feedback and testimonials so that we can improve the course to help more women. Just go to menopausemovement.com forward slash hormones to sign up for this program so that you can start to step out of that minnow muck that has kept you stuck. Welcome back to the Menopause Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Gordon. Today, we're joined by Andrea Donsky. She's a registered holistic nutritionist and founder of NaturallySavvy.com, an award-winning website. Among her numerous publications, Andrea co-authored Unjunk Your Junk Food, published by Simon & Schuster. She also co-authored Label Lessons, Your Guide to a Healthy Shopping Cart, and Label Lessons, Unjunk Your Kid's Lunchbox. Andrea co-hosts the Naturally Savvy weekly podcast and appears as a healthy living expert on TV and radio across North America. She's a regular guest expert on breakfast television, Toronto and CityLine. Andrea has 20 years experience in the health and wellness space and is a multiple award-winning influencer. She was awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award for her work as a nutritionist by CSNAA in 2018, was honored with the first ever Shifter of the Year Award at ShiftCon Media in 2018, was named Top 100 Health Influencer two years in a row by Optimize Magazine 2018 and 2019, and was named one of the top 100 most responsible health influencers in the U.S. by New Hope Network in 2020. Andrea's newest venture, Morphus, is a no-judgment zone movement where women feel heard and supported in a community of fellow pausers who learn from experts and each other on how to master their personal wellness and vitality as they transition into their second act in life. During the interview, we talk about Andrea's perimenopause and her menopause journey, the things she changed when menopause hit, using spirituality to make lasting and effective change, the behaviors to cultivate in ourselves and our children, partnerships with women and the importance of feminine support, failure and bouncing back, lessons and disappointment, unjunking your junk food, stay to the end to discover what Andrea suggests to get rid of that minnow belly once and for all. And at the end of the episode, make sure you visit drmichellegordon.com forward slash podcasts, where you can find the show notes, plus the links to the books and resources mentioned in the episode. If you enjoy the episode, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you're always the first to know when each episode is released. And thanks so much for all of the five-star reviews. If you haven't left a review yet, please take the time to to review the podcast so that more women can find it and get the help they need during the disruption of menopause because no one should have to go it alone. If you have questions about the topics covered in this or any of my other podcasts, I invite you to open a conversation with me on Instagram or on my Facebook page at Dr. Michelle Gordon. I promise I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And thanks so much for being a part of the menopause movement. I'm happy to have you. And just know that right now you can get in on the menopause movement beta at no charge when you go to menopausemovement.com forward slash hormones. 
as a podcast listener, you get to bypass the application process and it's completely free. So go check it out. All right, let's get on to Andrea. So Andrea, welcome to the Menopause Movement Podcast. And we're talking uh, briefly right now about women supporting women. And as a doctor, I have to say that working in the hospital, I found that the, the female nurses were harder on me as a female than they ever were on the males. And I was held to a different standard. And I don't know, you're a nutritionist, right? Did you ever work in a hospital? Uh, no, I didn't. I did not. Okay. Yeah. So that was a real big culture shock for me was that I would say things that were exactly the same things that men said. And they would complain about the way I spoke and said that I was being bossy or being demeaning or, or condescending or whatever. And I wasn't doing anything different than what men do. Yeah. And I think that when, when you look at us being in a patriarchy, what we want <laughs> is just to be equal. And even the, the patriarchy is so ingrained in us. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying me too, because it's, it's, I'm the same way when I, I remember when I was a resident or maybe an intern, just like the very first years after, after medical school, there was a woman who came into a patient's room and I basically thought she was a nurse, even though she wasn't dressed like a nurse. And I was, and I just talked to her as if I would have spoken to a nurse and she was like the attending doctor. And I thought, oh shit, you know, and, and I said, started to think about like, the kinds of programming that's going on in my head about gender norms and, and that sort of thing. So that's just starting to be aware, you know, yeah. when we can start to be aware of the, of the things that are, that are programming us and like the, the under the, the beliefs that drive our behaviors. I mean, that's, that's kind of like my quest now to try <laughs> and understand the beliefs that drive my behaviors and how can I become better? How can I, how can I have more excellence? So well, I think the fact that you're even aware of it is a big start, right? So you're yeah. Thinking- Kind of the way there. It is. It is. So what I'd like to know is, so what do you, what do you do? Who do you serve? How do you help them? Yeah. So I'm a holistic nutritionist. I've been in the natural health industry for 20 years. So I love learning and then I love taking what I learn and then sharing it with our audience and really teaching people how to make healthier choices. I'm talking, and, and I'm all about when I'm learning, I'm about taking what I learn and obviously sharing it, but it's because it's it's kind of simultaneous with my own journey. So when I started my company, Naturally Savvy, you know, 15, 20 years ago, it was a while ago. I've had a couple of companies in this industry. And but when I started Naturally Savvy, it was because I was having kids and I was learning about fertility and I was learning about toddlers and what should I feed toddlers. And now, 20 years later, I'm celebrating 20 years this year with my business partner, Randy. And now I'm in menopause. So what I'm going to do is I'm starting a new company in menopause. So I really love to learn it for myself really, and then take what I learned and then share it with everybody else. So this is really interesting because we talk a lot in menopause, uh, in, in the minnow system and in, you know, on the podcast about how menopause is this opportunity to reinvent ourselves. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women come into menopause and, and it's not just this disruption that's like the hormones and, not recognizing ourselves and, you know, 
<laughs> the minnow belly <laughs> and that sort of thing. Right. But it's, it's also, it also, there, there's this whole sense of half my life is over and what, what did I do and what's my legacy going to be and how am I going to impact the the world or the people, even the people that are close to me and what, what, what's that going to be? And I know that was a big part for me and I see it in the tens of thousands of women that we've surveyed now that, you know, it's just like, I don't know who I am anymore. I don't recognize myself. I don't know. I don't have a purpose. And so I think it's really important to look at menopause as this opportunity to really reinvent who we are and, and become, become that, you know, as we, as we start to, again, examine our beliefs, <laughs> right? So, so here you are, a woman moving into menopause. And, and what, what did you find was your biggest menopause struggle so far? Oh gosh, so many things. I mean, weight imbalance, so up and down with weight and mood, big time yeah. mood. You know, like I mean, I would, and I'm generally a very I'm type A, super passionate person, and you know, the moods would be like up and down, which is you know, you would think is congruous with my personality, but at the same time, they were like way more up and down than I would have liked them to be because I've done all this personal spiritual work on learning how to calm myself, learning not how to, <laughs> how not to react so quickly. But yet I would see and find myself in situations where I'm like, oh my gosh, who is that? Like, I don't know her. And, you know, my kids would react and they'd be like, okay, a little over the top mom. And my husband, thankfully, he, you know, we talk very openly about menopause in my house and I don't, I really want to make sure that my, I have two daughters and a son, and I would really want to make sure that all three of them understand that menopause is just another phase of life and get rid of all the stigmas around it. Very similar to what you're doing and having those conversations with my kids. So when I go off on the rails, you know, it's kind of like, okay, mom, like, whoa, check it out. Like, you know, check your behavior, which I get. Then my husband will kind of look at me and be like, okay, you know, a little over the top. And he's, we've talked about it for him not to overreact to me or to get upset. Right. And I have to say, it's really worked for our relationship. And I thank him so much gratitude for my yeah. husband all the time. I'm like, Rich, thank God you don't overreact or take it the wrong way. And, and we've, and it, but it, it, I do believe it's because of the communication and him understanding where I'm coming from. So I'd say mood is a big part too. hot flashes, tons of hot flashes and night sweats. And, you know, a lot of the general signs and symptoms that, a lot of other women have to the, you know, the belly fat, the aches and the pains. I mean, the list can right. go on and on. Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, there's just a lot of symptoms when it comes to menopause. And of course, when, when treating it, there's no one size fits all answer yeah. because we're, we're all going to go through it separately. But, you know, you, you said a couple things that are really, I think, important to, to emphasize. And one of them is communication, communication with your family. You know, I started the menopause movement to really break the silence around menopause because when it when I went through it, it was it was like this big secret society that no one was talking about, and I was like, well, you know, I went through puberty, I got a period, I couldn't talk about that, and now I'm having menopause and I can't talk about that, and this is crazy, and so and and just the changes in my in my physical being, the changes in my mental being, and I was like, well, I've got to find out who I am now, yeah. and and. What's really interesting is that th there's this truth that people will s will behave in ways that are congruent to who they think they are, right? And I think that that is one of the main reasons why menopause is so disruptive because we start behaving in ways that are incongruent with who we think we are. What's that? We're like, who is that? <laughs> right. And and it's, you know, and that's why that's why I see over and over and over again women say things like an alien has taken me out, taken over my body. I'm not acting like I'm supposed to. And 
what we want to do and the aim of the menopause movement is not only to end the suffering, you know, that's associated with menopause, but also to help women start to feel like themselves again. And that's why we're here. You know, that's why we created the Minnow system and, and we bring women in and we, you know, we have our, our beta course that, that all you have to do is apply for, but because you're a podcast listener, you can, you don't even have to apply. You just can go and check it out. That's, that's, that's at menopausemovement.com forward slash hormones. That's the, that's probably the coolest, the coolest offering we have right now. I'm so excited. So you recognize that you were in menopause. What, what did you actually change in your life? So this is an interesting question because I've been in the health and wellness industry for 20 years. I was already doing a lot of things right. So I was eating right and I was exercising, although maybe not as much as I should have or would have or like to have, but um, you know, I don't smoke and I don't drink. And I, you know, I was doing a lot of the things that I tell or share with other people to say, Hey, if you want to change your life, here's what you should do. So when I started, when I turned 47 and I started getting insane hot flashes to the point where I just, I even looked at my husband. I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. It's not going to happen. Like I cannot go on like this. And I couldn't function. I couldn't work. I had no energy. And I also had no, no oomph. Like for someone like myself, like Capricorn type a, like I was like, I am always like run, 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 go, go, go. And for the first time in my life, I was like, wait, I don't really feel like that anymore. I don't feel like doing it. Where's my drive? Where's all the, you know, where, where, where's Andrea? Like, I didn't understand it, you know? So when I started getting all the, getting the hot flashes and kind of experiencing, and I was like, okay, I'm going to learn everything I possibly can learn. I'm going to try every single thing I could possibly try in order to be able to help myself. So then I can go and help others. So to answer your question, I was, you know, I, I would try different things that I wasn't doing already. So if I was already eating a healthy diet, I would try changing up what I was eating, or I tried certain remedies that I would Google, right? I'm like, Oh, here, take apple cider vinegar. And I'm like, Okay, I'll try it. And I was like, Yeah, that didn't work for me. So like, I just went into it a little bit deeper than I was already doing. But I ended up finding things that worked for me because I didn't give up. It took me about two years to figure out how to do it. And I'm at the point now where I'm able to my hot flashes are totally regulated. And my night sweats are pretty much gone. And my mood is still that's something I'm still working on. But I am much more aware of my mood and my actions and also practicing more mindfulness and more relaxation. So deep breathing, just making sure that I'm breathing on a regular basis, right? Nourishing my nervous system. So that's where I really changed who I was and doing, I'm doing things very differently than I did before. So more lifestyle, I would say. That's great. You said you've been in business for about 20 years, right? I have been. So let's, let's hear that origin story. What, what prompted you to get going in business? So when I was in my, my late twenties, I was working for a company that I was just miserable. I was miserable. I would come home crying all the time and I have to be very passionate about what I do. And I think that's coming off in this interview. Like I really have to love what I do so that I could feel like I've got my sense of purpose and that I'm helping others. But I just didn't, I didn't have that. It was like, it paid the bills, but it was starving my soul, my job. So I looked at my husband and I knew I always wanted to be my own boss. I knew I always, I had that entrepreneurial drive in me since I was probably 16. So I looked at my husband. I'm like, you know what? I I had just gone back to school to become a holistic nutritionist. And I found this new sense of passion now. And I was like, oh, right. I'm going to help everybody eat healthier. You know, like this is it. I'm doing it. So I wanted to mesh my passion of healthy living and eating with my vocation. So I came up with an idea. I was driving down the street one day and I'm a very spiritual person in the sense I truly believe things are meant to be. I believe in the universe. I believe, you know, asking for what we want and just being open to things. And I was driving down the street one day and I was like, okay, angels, I need to find a new job. And I'm very unhappy where I am. 
I need to think of an idea. Please help me think of an idea. And then literally the idea of like a organic natural coupon book popped into my, my, into my head. And I was like, Oh, great idea. I just bought a new house and all this organic foods health is more expensive. And at the time it was so much more expensive than everything else. I'm like, what if I mesh both? So we came out with a product called the healthy shopper coupon book. And I approached a friend of mine who was out of work at the time. Her name is Randy Boyer, who's now my partner 20 years later. And this was in 2000. And we literally from like nothing started this coupon book that was in business for 18 years. And then wow. throughout the years, we started a couple other companies, including Naturally Savvy. That's great. So let's talk about your, you know, at the very beginning of the podcast, we were having a conversation about female partnerships and, and women, <laughs> women supporting women. So let's, let's just go back to that real quick and talk a little bit more about why, why it's important, but I think also why it might be hard uh, to do that given kind of the climate that we live in. So for me, and I don't, you know, from when you started recording or not, I'm not sure where exactly, but I know for me, my biggest passion is supporting other women. And I have two daughters and it's something I instill in them all the time. And I find that when we're young and, you know, I have my two daughters, when they're both in grade one, I, there was so much drama. And even I remember myself when I was younger, there was so much, there's always so much drama. And why is it always with the girls? Cause I have a son as well. And he didn't have the same drama. And when he was in grade one or ever, really, I mean, like, they're like, Hey, you want to play sports? Great. Let's play sports. And with the girls, it was like, she did this to me and she's mean to me. And, and I'm talking starting at the age of like six, seven. And mm -hmm. I couldn't understand what the difference was. So I'm almost, and I'm still, listen, if you have answers, Michelle, I'd love to hear them, but I'm like, why is it from such a young age? Are we being mean to each other? And are we being, are we jealous of each other? And why can't we compliment one another? And why can't we work as a team? And why is it like, if she's doing that and I'm doing that and we're competing, we can't do the same thing. No, I don't. I just don't believe in that. I don't subscribe to that philosophy. And I really having had the same female business partner now, Randy, for 20 years, I'm like, it could be done. And there are, I, I absolutely have secrets and I'm happy to share what I believe the, what makes our relationship work. But I just think that women have, we need to support each other and we need to encourage each other. And we're all going to make mistakes and we're all going to mess up and that's okay. But at the end of the day, it's knowing that we're here as a team because to, we're so much stronger together. I love that. Yeah, it, it is. It is important. And I, I mean, I have female members of my team. I have male members of my team. I mean, I, you know, I, just because we support women through menopause doesn't mean that men can't be involved. And I think it's really helping for, for the, the men on my team to start to understand what's actually happening to the women in their lives. And so it's been, it's been a real eye opener for them. And it's been a lot of fun for me to work with them. I think, I think when you, when you talk about it's, it's programming, it's beliefs, it goes, goes, you know, when, when girls as young as five and six years old are nitpicking on each other, it's because of what they're seeing on TV. It's because of, you know, what we may be modeling in our homes that we don't even know about. And that's where we come back to belief, right? That's where we come back to the subconscious programming that, that just the, the sentence that we just keep saying over and over and over in our heads. And for me, I grew up in a family that was really very male dominant and, and women and girls were just kind of pushed down. It was almost like there was a boot on my neck mm -hmm. the whole time. I had three brothers and they were all important. And even to this day, my brother has this habit. So there's, you know, my, I had three brothers and two of them have passed and the, I have a younger brother, but he still has this habit that I don't even think he knows about. It's just completely a subconscious where I'll ask him a question and he'll just ignore me. Oh, wow. He won't answer me. Wow. And, and, and I'll have to like ask three or four times 
to, for him to even acknowledge that I asked a question. And that's the kind of patriarchy I grew up in. And so it's, it's, it's interesting because while, while I may sound like an angry feminist, I'm, I'm not, um, I, I just saw this with my, you know, firsthand, this is exactly what happened to me. Right. And so I think it's important for us to train our men, our boys Mm, to treat, to treat girls as equals and to see that girls can have, I mean, I played football with the boys and everybody thought I was weird, but I just loved football. It it wasn't about like being, you know, a a guy. It was about like, this is a cool sport and I want to play it. I was the same. I played football every recess in elementary school. And I was like, and the funny thing is I used to be one of the first people chosen to be on teams, which is amazing. Right. So there's nothing wrong with it. I also love sports, loves playing, love playing football. And I actually think you make a good point, Michelle, is, you know, really making sure that we speak to the men and our sons and the, you know, the male genders around us because it's, and teaching them how to treat us. But I, and I do believe it's important that we train both females and males. I'm going to give you a really good example. I was shopping with my daughter. So I have two, I have a nine-year-old and I have a 15-year-old and my son is 17. Mm -hmm. And I was shopping with my 15-year-old and we were in a store. This was before uh, we were in (laughs) self-quarantine and lockdown. This was when we were allowed out and shopping malls and and we were shopping and we, there was this woman at, at the cash and she was magnificent. I thought she was so beautiful. And I'm also a big believer when you see something beautiful in somebody, you speak it, you tell them. And she was at the cash and I looked at my daughter and she looked at me and I knew we we knew what we were thinking. And I looked at the woman. I was like, you know what? I have to say, you're like absolutely gorgeous, like absolutely gorgeous. And my daughter's like, yeah, you really are. (laughs) So we walked away and I think, and the woman at the cash was kind of taken aback. And I I think it, as women, we don't always like when we hear a compliment from another woman, we're kind of like, whoa, like what just happened there? And he was taken aback a little bit. And when we walked out and I said to my daughter, I'm like, you see something beautiful, you speak. And she's like, I was going to say it, but you said it first. I'm like, great. I love hearing that. And then my nine-year-old, I was walking to school a couple of months ago. It was in the warmer weather and she saw a friend and a friend was, uh, you know, this woman, this girl that she thought like, I don't know, she loved her hat or something. And when we, when we passed her, she's like, Oh, I love your hat. Or it was a baseball hat. I love your hat. And I looked, I'm like, high five. You're telling another female, which is really critical. You're telling her that you like something about her. And so I, I, I agree with you. You know, it's, it's important that we, that we train both, but also train them in terms of what, what is it that we want them to see? We want to see from them, right? What is it, you know, follow our actions, right? And then have them teach us things, right? As well. Yeah. So the behaviors we want to see them have as, as they grow up and, and it's actually a habit. So giving, giving compliments is a habit. And, and I, a few years ago, I, I don't know what it was. I probably read a book or, you know, was working with Jack Canfield's coaching program or something. And, and, uh, it was it was like when you see something you like make sure you tell somebody tell them if you like if you like the way somebody's hair looks compliment people because one of the things that can happen when you start when you when you actually actively compliment someone is you take yourself out of the center of your world and you actually put them at the center and okay. and that that gives them a service and it helps you to to see that that there's more to the world than just you that's one thing the other thing is is that when you start to cultivate a habit of compliments, it, it really helps with the communication mm-hmm. as, as you move forward in life. And so it's a good habit to have even as a child. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. And just making sure that 
you're saying what you feel, you're, you're have, you have that great habit of complimenting. But you know, one of the secrets I love to share too, and I think this is an important one, especially if you're looking to work with another woman or, or another woman or just being friends with another woman is really minimizing the drama and mm-hmm. minimizing like all of that. And I know it, you know, it's, it's, we've, oh, we've all heard that before minimizing the drama, but really minimizing the drama. And, and one way to do that, and uh, you know, a situation came up recently. So, and I was able to say, okay, so here's how we do it. And it was kind of like, wow, that's such a cool way to kind of look at it. It's really understanding that when something happens, we take responsibility for our actions, right? And it's going to happen. If we're talking business, we're talking life, whatever it is, taking responsibility for our actions, which is a big one. Mm-hmm apologizing for it, right? Which is part of that taking responsibility, but then also understanding when to let go. So take responsibility, you apologize and you let go. Now, no matter what side you're on, it doesn't matter. But the way we minimize the drama is we accept the apology or we give that apology. And then we both say, okay, time to move on. Let's forget about it. Not throwing it back in our faces 10 times, not talking about it, repeating it 10 times. So really understanding that minimizing that drama is such a secret to success Mm. that because a it's such a time saver because you're not repeating the same thing over and over again. Your body doesn't take the brunt of it because when we hold on to things, our body, we're going to feel it with the aches and pains in our body, right? Especially in menopause and perimenopause, we're going to feel it physically. Whether we, if you're holding on to a grudge for sure. Yeah. So all of that just, it just benefits us, you know, mind, body, and spirit to just let go of the drama and move past it. So that's, I think that's, that's good. I think that in business, there are, there are mistakes that you're going to make and, and in relationships, how do you, how do you take that to betrayal? I mean, when somebody is, has betrayed you or somebody that you thought you could trust has really breached that trust, are, are you able to talk about it once for, and forgive each other and then never talk about it again? So that's a whole other level. Yeah. Like my, my, my forgiveness and the no drama is really at the corporate level. And, and yeah, I mean, for sure. Listen, I've had a situation of very, actually a business situation where I was betrayed big time. Yeah. And I, you know, this, I'm going to speak for me because sure. everybody has different experiences. It took me a very long time to get over it mm-hmm. and a lot of therapy a lot of self-work, a lot of journaling, a lot of being in my own time crying, a lot of crying (laughs) and just kind of getting through it. And I'm at the point now, probably it's, you know, maybe three, four years later that is it gone completely? No, it's not. But what I haven't allowed it to do. And again, if somebody goes through something like that, I recommend seeing a therapist and seeing Mm. a professional, right? Like, so I'm no, I'm not a doctor. I'm just going to share my experience with it. But you know, I was, I saw a therapist and on a regular basis to help me through it. And I did a lot of my own self-work, but I'm at the point now where I'm, I also understand that everything happens for a reason and we need to, we need to learn lessons from certain things. So from my situation of being betrayed, I have learned so many important lessons that I am now able to apply to my business in different ways. So Everybody heals and processes things at their own pace. Some of them are really super processors. I'm one of those super processors and some people are not. And I understand there's slower processors. And I think at the end of the day, though, it's really understanding that what you're comfortable with, how you process certain situations, but to try to get to the point where is it forgiveness? Is it moving on with your life? Not letting it bog you down in your day to day, I think is for me. 
Yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. I mean, there's there's been a few times in my life where I've had some setbacks and the 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 setbacks, I, I'm usually able to bounce back from them, you know. Uh, but every once in a while, I've I've a couple times in my life I've had I've had some things that really ended up sticking in my brain. And and I just kept going over them over and over and again. And that's that's when I find that it really does help to get to get somebody else to talk to about it, mm. whether it be a coach or or a therapist or or someone who can just help you see a different perspective to get past the pain or the 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 shock, you know, of of a especially when it comes to betrayal. Betrayal is hard. Oh, it's really hard. betrayal is hard. But <laughs> the other thing is, is that you know there are no failures, right? I mean, and that's that's what I love uh, when in business, okay, in 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 this sort of business. I mean, it's been it's been really interesting. And when when I spoke to Ryan Levesque, we we were talking about failure and how to reframe failure. And I kept saying, you know, I said that was really hard for me. That was really hard for me because I'm a surgeon, and when you fail yeah. as a surgeon, people <laughs> die. Right. And so finding a way to reframe failure as just one other way it doesn't work is, and, and then just kind of continuing to unlock whatever the puzzle pieces are when it comes to business, that, that has been a real, a real good lesson for me to say that, you know, if, if it, if it fails, it's just, it's just an experiment that, that didn't work. And it's a hypothesis that we tried and it didn't work. So let's try something else or try something that we know works. And it's as simple as that. And, and I think that that's, that's what I love about this business. There's no emergencies. <laughs> exactly. Well, well said exactly. outside of the medical field. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking about, you know, running a website or teaching people how to like live healthy or whatever it is. Exactly. Yeah. And I always look at failure as actually success because without the failures, you're not going to have the success. Right. And the key here, again, is when you fail is taking and learning the lessons from it and then applying it to something else. And by the way, I've had lots of business failures and I've had partnership failures, and but it doesn't stop me from doing it again and finding somebody else. So it, it's really all about the lessons, taking those lessons, integrating the yeah. lessons, and then seeing those, whether they're red flags or whether it's like, you know what, it's not going to work for me. And just being honest with yourself so that you could still continue to do other things. Don't let it stop you, but just be more mindful and more aware. Yeah, that's great. So what specifically are you doing in your business now? That How are you helping people? So a couple of years ago, when I started getting my hot flashes and I started really understanding menopause, and I didn't even know if I was in menopause and if I was 49, if I was 50 and had my own journey of health issues that I had to navigate and, and understand, I decided that I wanted to help women in this space. And so we, we are starting. So we have naturallysavvy.com, which is, you know, I say our, you know, if you're learning to just general healthy living and you want to have a baby and fertility and you're kind of learning how to navigate food labels. And I wrote a book called Undrunk Your Junk Food. And all of that is naturallysavvy.com. And then when we reach perimenopause and menopause, our new website is called Morphus. So our new company is called Morphus, M-O-R-P-H-U-S. So mm -hmm. metamorph, the play on the word metamorphosis. I love that. Yeah. And our website is wearemorphus.com. And now we are going to take all the 20 years of experience that myself as a nutritionist and Randy being in the health and wellness space. And we have a partner, her name is Maria, who's been also in the health and wellness space and who went through her own incredible health journey with menopause. I mean, to the point where she was in boardrooms because she's a, she was a, an executive and fainting in mm -hmm. boardrooms from anemia and didn't understand the connection. And now we are going to, we are going to create this new company or we're creating this new company called Morphus, where we're going to help educate people in this 
in this change and phase in their life and really help people navigate it and understand it. So again, my passion is I learned something. I want to share it with you. I want to, you know, I want to understand why we're going through it and then explain to you how you can make things better. So that's why courses like the Menno system is so great because it's, it's, you know what, we need our hands held and we need to understand. So Dr. G, you went through this, you know, you understand, right? So firsthand, you understand. So your students or your, you know, the people who are in your subscribers or your menno mates, your menno mates, uh, you know, we understand. And they're there because they trust you because you've been through it yourself. And while I don't have a course for me, it's going to be a website where, you know, people understand and we can help them. We have a Facebook group. We are Morpheus Facebook group. So I really just, we just really want to help bring things to light for women and, help them to understand how to navigate this time in their life. Yeah, I think I think it's really important. One of the things I've always done when I got stuck in my life is to get some sort of a coach. So when I get, like I was saying before, when I got stuck in in a, a feelings of betrayal, I hired a therapist. And when right. I when I got stuck in like wanting to ride my bike and 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 do better, I hired a coach. And everywhere I and and when I wanted to build my business, I hired a coach. A couple of them. And so Everywhere that I've had, I've been stuck, I, I looked for a coach. And so when menopause hit, I looked for a coach and I couldn't find anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I'm a doctor and I was looking for the, the information, like what is really happening to me? And I didn't get this in medical school. And how do I, how do I figure this out? And what happened was I, I started looking and it, it, it was just that there was no information that made any sense. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, there's a need here because I'm a doctor and, and if, I, if I'm having this much confusion about what's happening to my body, I can't imagine what somebody who doesn't have the knowledge I do. And that's, that was when I was like, I got to fix this for me, and then maybe I can help fix it for others. And so I, what, what, what I've seen happen is what took me six years is taking my students five, six, seven months. And that's exactly it. So people yeah. like yourself, like us who are educators, and you're a doctor, I'm not a doctor, but I'm a nutritionist, we are able to make it easier for other women who are transitioning at this yeah. time in their life and make and help them to understand it. And I think that's the important thing is they have someone like yourself that can really explain it from a medical standpoint. And that's, that's, you know, key. And again, trusting you because you've been through it. Yeah. And, and it was, it was really disruptive for me. So when it comes to trusting the universe Hmm. to give us what we need, what, what do you think is, is your biggest takeaway there? Your biggest key? So the biggest key, I mean, for me is trying to stay in the belief all the time. So I think I, I believe in the universe. Like we were, I was going through something recently. In fact, this morning I was at the gym and I was thinking about something that happened this week. And I was very proud of myself because I do, you know, obviously I believe everything's meant to be. And I believe that, you know, certain things happen for a reason for our best interest Mm -hmm. and something was happening. And my first go-to was being, was like, oh, why is this happening? And I don't understand. And it's supposed to be, you know, this way or that way. And I kept going back to it's, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And there's nothing I'm going to do. That's going to change that because I do believe that whatever is in my highest interest and whatever for the people around me and myself it's going to work out for the best. So it's okay. So if something doesn't work out, well, maybe the universe has bigger plans. And if something isn't going the way I want it to go, that's okay too, because maybe I'm just not ready for it. And I've had to learn that lesson so many times. And I feel for the first time in my life this morning, I was like, I got it. I got it. 
Congratulations. I got, yeah. I, got I, I mean, I think, I think there's one of the things that, that I, that I love when, when something that I perceive as bad has happened, I I'm training myself now to always say, okay, this thing happened. It could be good. It could be bad. What is my lesson and what's great about it? That's not easy to do. That's a simply said, but very, very hard to do. And there's a, there's a great video um, on YouTube from Eric Edmeads. And I think he was, he did it like a Mind Valley thing, but it's basically, he calls it the hindsight window. Mm. And when something that initially seems bad happens, the sooner that you can start to see all the good that's going to come out of it, the sooner you can end your suffering. And if suffering really is applying meaning to things, then when you pull the meaning away from it, there's no more suffering <laughs> yeah, or you can, when you can shift that meaning to something else. And I have an example that I like to talk about is I, I was a kid in twenties or something, I had this real crappy car and I walked over to my friend's house and my car had a flat tire and she says, you get a flat tire. I'm like, okay, flat tire. It's like, aren't you upset? And I'm like, what? No. What would I be upset about? How can I, how can I change that? I have to fix it. And she's like, you get so upset about so many other little things and this doesn't bother you at all. And I'm like, I don't know. It's just, it's just, you know, I mean, I was in my twenties or something, but it just, that kind of stuff never bothers me because it's like, it's broken. I have to fix it or I have to replace it. That, you know, that's the it's best solution. Yeah. And so I, I'm trying to find more things, you know, to, to not react, not overreact like that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, a weirdo when it comes, I'm not super neat, but I always know where everything is. So if I can't find something, I let myself get really upset. But I think the difference now is that I know, I know that I'm the one who's allowing that behavior. I know that I'm the one who's choosing that to feel that way. And so I, I can't, I can't get away with being crappy <laughs> for very long. I, and I love that. And here, I'm going to put a little bit of a spin on that too. So fast forward. So you were in your twenties there and fast forward now to being in perimenopause and menopause. Yeah. When we know that for most of us going into this stage of life, our adrenals are already taxed, right? So if we think about it from a physiological standpoint. And now that your, your reaction, whether if it's the same, then, oh my gosh, hats off to you. <laughs> but in many cases, you may react differently now, right? Maybe that you're like, wait a minute, why is it why, why do I have a flat tire? And a lot of that could be that it's the mindset. And I love that you're saying that is really being like, hey, you know what? Like it just happened. It is what it is, which my mom bought me a mug. It's her favorite saying. It is what it is. And um, but understanding too that sometimes it could be our body, right? It could be that our adrenals need a little bit of love and a little bit yeah. of care and a little bit of nourishment, right? So bringing in starting to ask some questions of like, okay. If I'm overreacting more than I normally am, which we talked about being a, you know, perimenopause and menopause thing, how, what are things that I can do to nourish my body to help me at least to give me what I need, that foundation and that nourishment that I need? And I, I love that you said that, that, you know, that you recognize there are certain things that you're really cool about and you're just like, whatever. And, and the way when I, when you told me that story, the first thing that goes through my mind, Dr. G is, well, wait a second, maybe you had a flat tire because if you didn't and you were going somewhere you needed to go, but something could have happened. Mm. To me, maybe that flat tire actually was that that happened because it was preventing something else from happening, happening, right? So and I think if we keep that in the back of our mind of like, it, it's all happening for something. And again, not easy to do easier said than done for sure. But yeah. if we try to reframe our thinking of like, okay, this is happening for a reason. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it, it, there, there are things that where there's a lot of heightened emotion that makes it even harder to find the good. But as a general rule, a lot of things that happen are just neutral. They, things happen and they're neutral. 
and and we we can make our choice about how we want to respond to them. So let's let's talk a little bit about what is unjunking your junk food. So when my kids were little, I would go to birthday parties. This is my son, he was like three and I was at a family party and he ran like right to the sweet table and he wanted every single gummy candy, licorice, whatever was on the table. And I remember at the time, again, this was way before I was even thinking about nutrition or eating healthier or any of that. And, but for some reason, something in my gut told me that it just wasn't good for him. You know, I, I know, obviously put the sugar aside. I just know that there was something else that wasn't good for him. And as I started to navigate my kids getting older and then seeing other kids eating certain things, like I was, I was the mom, I'm embarrassed to say it, but I was the, my kids laugh at me, the mom that brought red pepper slices to birthday parties. So my kids would <laughs> eat the cake. And, and I laugh now because this was so many years ago, but at the same time, I was like, I don't want my kids eating that. What is that? So that led me to think of an idea to write a book called Unjunk Your Junk Food because I knew, like my dad had said to me at the time when my son was reaching for the candy, he's like, Andrea, you have to let your kid be a kid. Like, and my dad is the biggest junk food eater. So I had my dad who was on one spectrum, my mom who was like into healthy salads every night. So it was kind of funny. Like my dad would hide his like cheesies under the car in his, you know, under his seat in the car and I'd get in the car and he'd have, he'd be like, want a snack? And it'd be like under the seat. (laughs) So, so funny. So I was like, okay, there's gotta be this happy medium. And so I thought, well, what if we were to just unjunk our junk food? And what are those ingredients that are causing me to have that stress and anxiety at the time? And a lot of it was like food coloring and artificial flavors and trans fats and hydrogen corn syrup and all of these ingredients that we know are not healthy for us. They're not healthy for our kids. They're not healthy for us in menopause and perimenopause. Yeah. So how is it that we, how can we learn to make those healthier choices, which is really what sparked my entire career at Naturally Savvy? <laughs> I love that. That's, that's so great. And it, it is really important that we look at what we choose to put in our bodies. I mean, even Hippoc- Hippocrates said, let food be thy medicine. And the, the foods that, that we choose to put into our bodies, the, the, whatever it is, that can affect us at the epigenetic level. Mm. And there's a really great book by Kate Shanahan called uh, Deep Nutrition, where she talks about the dangers of vegetable oils and the four pillars of the human diet. And I, re- I highly recommend it. Be, anybody should eat that way. I mean, we were we were designed, however we were designed, intelligently designed or God designed, whatever it is, to eat a certain way. And it's probably not vegan, and it's probably not vegetarian. <laughs> you know, given given our evolution, but at the same time, when when we can start to really understand that 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 the nutrition that we need is in whole foods, is in things that are natural in nature and you know, there's a there's a really great quote that, that I attribute to Dr. Kate and it's nature doesn't make bad fats. Yeah. And you know obviously when you're eating fats you got to be careful because the the energy and fat you know is a lot more calories but if if it were truly calories in calories out, right? Mm-hmm. We we would all be skinny because we all try to eat, you know, 1200 calories a day and then we feel like crap. So it's it, it, eating properly is is a whole whole nother thing altogether, and we boy we just barely scratched the surface here. But if if you were to give the ladies who are listening one one your your best tip for what to eat to get rid of that mental belly, what would it be? Oh my gosh, one tip. Ooh, that's a hard one. You know, obviously, depending where they're at in their journey and their healthy living journey, 
I would say cut out the things that we know contribute to it. So cutting out the sugar, cutting out the alcohol, cutting, or at least reducing it big time. Right. Because I think it's very hard for a lot of, you know, a lot of people who are like, wait a second, you know, I've been drinking a lot more alcohol now and I've been, you know, really craving my chips and my, my sugar. So I, I am not the type of nutritionist that will say go cold Turkey because it's not realistic. I'm talking about, I, listen, I wrote on junk or junk food. I'm saying have your junk food, right? If you want to have your cake, just make sure it's healthier, healthier ingredients. So I would say just be mindful of what it is you're putting in your body. So cutting out the stuff that we know causes us to gain weight. Some of the newer research that is out now, and I'm sure you talk about this in the menno system, is really watching our carb intake watching the type of carbs that we're eating. And that, you know, you, you probably go into, into a lot of detail about that. And I, I love the fact, and again, sorry, this is more than one, but it's mm-hmm. very, it's like, how can you ask a nutritionist just one? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is 20 years of like accumulated uh, education, but yeah. you know, the good fats is a big one. And what's interesting about the fats is that good fats reduce inflammation in our body which again, when, you know, whether we see that inflammation or not, we know that inflammation, chronic inflammation leads to chronic diseases. But what's interesting about it as well is that it'll nourish us, right? So that good fat, so it gives us energy. It's good for our heart. It's good for our brain and cutting out the bad fats. So the trans fats, cutting out anything that's partially hydrogenated, cutting out, like you said, the corn and the the canola and the, the, the peanut oil, all of those you know, those oils that are pro-inflammatory, which aren't, by the way, vegetable oils. Peanuts so- okay, actually. <laughs> I'm not the biggest Peanut, fan. Peanuts okay. <laughs> the, natural fat, uh, uh, vegetable oil fats, the manufactured fats. So it, that's, that's the, I mean, peanut oil is, I mean, you want to use it once only, but it's more canola. Right. Of course, of course. But you know, it's, it's, it's the, any, any manufactured oil set of fat. And what's really interesting is that they take these, these fats and they put them through this process where they're part of them, they're solid and they have to, they have to, you know, that's a trans, that's a trans process, right? They're, they're, they're changing the hydrogenations, the, the format from actually cis to trans. It's kind of funny because of the way that that's come up now in, in society. But, but when you hydrogenate the fats, then that makes it so that it's easier to use and, and things like cottonseed oil. Oh my gosh. And by the way, most of it is genetically engineered anyways. Well, of course there's that, but, but remember, this is a byproduct of the cotton industry an industry that is steeped in racism. And what it came from was these seeds were just sitting around and going rancid and like, well, how can we, how can we do something with them? And so it's, it's really the, the industrial changes of food. It's, and also canola oil, by the way, is, you know, rapeseed oil. If you think of it, oil. Like, it's unbelievable, like how they needed to come out with it. You know, it was grown in Canada. So it's Canada, Canada oil, like canola oil. But um, it also is terribly like stinky and they have to bleach it. And I mean, just everything that they're doing to those oils. So, you know, to get back on track from the oil standpoint is really making sure that you're eating those healthier oils. So coconut oil, I'm a huge fan of coconut oil. Yeah, the science good. behind coconut oil is incredible. Palm fruit oil, like Palm fruit oil from Malaysia, sustainable palm fruit oil, incredible. Those carotenoids, those beautiful, that red color is good for our eyes and our skin. And, you know, these are plant-based antioxidants. So they're and vitamin E, which is an incredible antioxidant. So there are some, inc- you know, great oils that we can be using on a regular basis. So reading your labels, I would say. So, you know, I- I'm laughing. You're like, I'm keep going back to the one thing, but reading your <laughs> labels. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it is, it is true because- the food industry is, I mean, that's what it's there for, right? It's there to make money. It's not there to keep us healthy. And 
you know, when you look at what happened in the big food, the food, the big food experiment that has been the U.S. and Canada since the the late seventies, early eighties, because of because of that one guy who said who said that that fat was bad, it all you know it all kind of comes back to to that. So, yeah. I, I think I think doing the research is probably key and cutting out those things that are, you know, sugar and vegetable oil, man, those, those are the two oh. things that, that if you can, if you can cut those out of your life, you're going to feel so much better. And that that's, you know, we talk about that a lot. We spend a lot of time on diet in in the program. And, but the, I think the biggest thing though, is how we can create our own reality. Mm. Right. And, and, you know, you talk about that, you talk about how you want to have progress, not perfection. You, you want to continue to find the actions that's going to take you closer to the goal and then also be able to kind of correct your course as you go along. And that's, that goes back to failure and, yeah. and understanding how to reframe that failure. So as we leave, why don't you talk for a minute about uh, how we can be gentle to ourselves? especially mm. during COVID. During COVID, during menopause, you know, for me, it's, um, if that is a, I'd have to say one of the things that I've really tried to work the hardest at. And if we talk about lessons that we've learned in this journey in perimenopause and menopause, I'd have to say self-love and being gentle with ourselves has been number one. And it's by the way, a lesson that I'm continuously trying to learn. And the more that we are gentle on ourselves, the more that we allow forgiveness of ourselves, forgiveness of others and gratitude in. And I really believe that all of those are the ingredients, we're talking about ingredients, you know, (laughs) are the ingredients for moving forward, for being okay with how things are progressing or not progressing and just being okay with what is right. And just being gentle on ourselves. And if it's not going the way you want it to go, then it's being gentle with yourself and not berating yourself. I mean, I'm going to tell you a great story before we go. So I do a lot of TV media. I do television segments across the U S and Canada. And I have always been, when it comes to doing TV media or any media in general, I'm a very, I'm all about, you know, for me, it's about that perfection, about making sure that I, I study and I write my my points down and I practice and I have, you know, I'm going to do the best that I can do. And, and I always bring it. I bring my, my A game to the table when I'm doing a TV segment. And sometimes I, you know, don't do it as well as I'd like to do it. And then I'm like, okay, I used to be really hard on myself and I'd watch everything back and I'd be like, okay. And I'd had like three coaches that teach me how to do better to the point I've been doing it for 15 years now to the point where I'm like, okay, so now I, I, I kind of, I got it. I know what I'm doing. Right. And, but I can always improve. I always like feedback and I'm going to do better. And then recently during COVID, so now we started doing TV segments from home. So we're doing it on Skype. This happened not even a month ago. And it was on a TV segment, a TV show that I hadn't done for a bit. And I was using a new sound system. And so I was using AirPods. Usually I normally use a lab. And Michelle, you've taught me a lot about, you know, <laughs> film and, and the sound and the audio, which I'm so grateful to you for. Anyhow, so I, they, I used my AirPods, but it was my son's. I didn't have my own at the time. And one of them didn't work well. And my brother-in-law was here and he was on camera. So they wanted him to do kind of like show the products. So he was doing it and I gave him one of the actual AirPods and I did the segment. They did it. They did like a sound check with me. I did the segment and then I had like eight brands on the table. And afterwards, my husband calls me. Okay. He's like, oh my God, sit down, sit down. You're going to freak out. I'm like, what, what, what? He's like, we couldn't hear you. Your sound was horrible. It was like, you were great, but the sound was horrible. And I'm like, oh my God. And then I get a call from the producer going, 
what happened? We couldn't hear you. The sound was so low. And then my sister called me, my, my, my brother-in-law's wife. He's like, oh my God, Andrea, you're going to freak. And then I was like, take a breath. I'm like, okay, okay, let me go check it out. So I listened to it. It was awful. It was awful. I mean, I did what I had to do. Everything within my control, I did what I had to do. I, I, yeah. did, I did a great job, but there were a lot of things that were not in my control. And I, you know, in the past, I probably would, that would have taken me down for a week, Dr. G. Like literally I would probably have been out. I've been like, okay, that's it. Like, oh my God, I can't believe, like, what did I do? And this time I allowed myself to be upset because that's really an important part of the process is to sit with it, not, not brush it off and go, oh, okay, okay. No, 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 no. I was to feel the feelings. Got to feel the feelings. I was upset with it. But by the next day, even by later that day, I was okay. I was like, all right, there's a lesson in this to be learned. And I really try to try to reframe my thinking of like, why did it happen to me? And I really believe it's because the universe was sending me the message of like, you got to be gentle with yourself, Andrea. Not everything was within your control. Stuff's going to happen. And you know what? It's how you deal with it is what's important. Exactly. No, I love that. I, I really do. Well, I, I, I want to just, um, let's just remind people where they can find you. Sure. So I'm a, I live on Instagram, although I don't post all the time, but I, I do live on Instagram at Andrea Donsky and right. A-N-D-R-E-A-D-O-N-S-K-Y. You can visit naturallysavvy.com. That's two L's, two V's.com. And also we are morphous.com. And join our Facebook group. We'd love to have you in our Facebook group. We are morphous. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for being a part of the menopause movement today. I look forward to having you back sometime soon. And please, you and I did an interview and I'd love people to check it out. You were um, incredible. Oh, you have a podcast, right? We do. We are morphous on uh, um, We are morphous. Morphous for menopause on the podcast. Morphous for menopause. All right. You were on our podcast and you were on our YouTube channel. So uh, lucky me. Awesome. You talked about the menopause system. I loved it. All right. Great. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Michelle. I loved it. Did you know that menopause is not a medical condition? Most doctors don't know this either. I like to say that menopause is the privilege of a long life, and to really take hold of our lives in menopause, we have to unlearn what society and the medical establishment has told us about menopause. This is why I've created this brand new course called Understanding Your Hormones and Managing Your Menopause. I want to show you how you can get on top of your menopause right now so that you can start to see it as the best time of your life. Now, this course is valued at $500 and is in the beta testing phase. And we're currently accepting applications for women to test it out for us at no charge in exchange for feedback and testimonials. But the best part is because you're a podcast listener, you can bypass the application process and go straight to the front of the line. To register right now, simply visit menopausemovement.com forward slash hormones and we can get started together right now. Remember, you can get started right now at no charge to you in exchange for feedback and testimonials when you go to menopausemovement.com forward slash hormones. And I'll see you inside the course. Thanks so much for being a part of the menopause movement. Mm-hmm.